1: Hello and welcome to Cinema at Home, episode 6. Today we'll be looking at three new films, starting with Cellar and the Spades,
2: The Lovebirds,
1: and Come to Daddy, as well as a few new recommendations and brand new releases to buy slash rent. By the way, I'm Ranjit Nanra.
2: I'm Herbie Hilsden. I'm
1: Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. (laughs) Herbie, how you doing?
2: Yes, not too bad, thank you. A little bit warm, but that's to be expected in a (laughs) British May.
1: God. Yeah, it's been well hot, hasn't it, Craig? How about you?
3: I, oh, I'm baking hot as well. God, it is um, it's roasting over here. I went for a little bit of a walk, and I think I've tanned quite considerably. That doesn't <laughs> happen usually. Yeah, Craig, how you're normally
0: you? a very pasty white.
3: Yeah, it's it's weird. It's so weird. We
0: but shouldn't I, I moan, know. though. It is brilliant to have this gorgeous weather so early in the summer.
3: Yeah, and then just, just we
1: could enjoy it better, though.
3: Well, yeah, I was going to say that, but I mean, actually. Despite having uh, the, the, the lockdown of some sorts, you still are able to go out an unlimited amount of time. So, and you can sunbathe now. And you can drive to
0: the beach. <laughs> but don't go to work, go to work. <laughs> Good boy.
1: <laughs> it's our special guest, Boris Johnson, on this episode. Yeah.
2: <laughs> cool. Let's head on with the start of a show. This is the part of a show where we review the latest original content hitting a variety of streaming services. Let's kick off with Seller and the Spades on Amazon Prime. Five factions run the underground life of Holdwell School, a prestigious East Coast boarding school. At the head of the most powerful faction sits Seller Summers, walking the fine line between being feared and loved. Now, to kick off, I thought the most notable thing about this film was the aesthetics of it because I thought it was a really gorgeous film to look at like the amount of care that went into the shots and I was reading up about it and the color palette and the cinematography was really impressive how they considered how each faction would look on screen, how the characters would look on screen and just the setting was gorgeous as well.
3: Yeah, uh, Herbie, I completely agree with you on that one. It was, it was a really beautiful one to look at. um, And uh, as a first time, well, is, is she a first-time director on this one? Yeah,
1: it's a debut film as well. Yeah, debut yep.
3: film. Um, I thought, wow. Um, I was really shocked by how impressive this this movie was. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I didn't make many notes on this film, but one of the notes that I did make was uh, about the striking cinematography. Um, it really stood out the the coloration, the use of light and dark, um, and just some of the camera angles and the movement of the camera. Um, I thought the cinematography on this film was was gorgeous, actually. Probably, probably its main asset or one of the best things going for it, without a doubt.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I, it, personally, in my opinion, I think it was the best thing uh, going for it. It looked it looked incredible, and uh, it's really cool how they, you know, how they really thought about how each faction should be represented on screen um, by the use of colors and filters and stuff like that. And it it just has a very unique style, doesn't it? Like a very a very cool. It's a very cool, sort of sleek-looking film, uh, by an up-and-coming director, um, uh, Tyrese Poe, um, as, as you mentioned, Craig. It's a debut film, and it looks incredible. But for me, I think that sort of overshadows the rest of the film a bit. I, I don't really. I don't. I think the the plot was a bit too thin for me. Um, um, Ooh, I disagree. Okay. I, I
2: disagree as well. Yeah. yeah
3: it reminded me a lot of um clueless and it had these really strange elements of like gangster films like yeah. even like the godfather like and it's just all in this backdrop of this really like elite high school um and and with the factions it just sort of reimagined this sort of i don't know this crime sort of neo noir story for like a modern age and it really like really has these brilliant standout performances mainly from lovely simone i think um a seller, she's brilliant um and it is just it's just so i don't know it's just so striking it's very larger than life and it's yeah. grounded by this sense of reality as well and it is i don't know it just it really stood out for me as a really brilliant directorial debut and a really interesting story well. It does
1: sort of, like, exist in this sort of heightened reality, doesn't it? Like, it's just some sort of really strange... Like it's just sort of so weird how this, this high school is sort of operating this way and with these factions and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, for me, yeah, the, the, the plot, I just really couldn't couldn't really sort of get invested into it. Um, I did like the main character, Stella, and, like, you know, they show a bit of a backstory and stuff and how there's a lot of pressure on her from her parents and things. Um, Which actually, yeah, I think,
3: there was a, that was quite a pivotal scene. Actually,
1: yeah, I agree. Um,
3: yeah. Like, really, really huge. It just showed a bit more of a, a layered, complex character there. But at the same time, um, you know, whatever else is going on she, with Seller, she's she's looking for that that protege to take over something, and she's trying to mold this person into her own image. And I really felt there was a lot of Jane Austen coming through there. And there were a recent film that, well, I say recent, it was a good couple of months ago, actually, when the last, one of the last films we saw in the cinema, I think, and that was Emma. Um, it really had some real sense of connection there with, with, the, with Jane Austen's novel there. Um, and it is, it is quite a familiar story in some respects, and it's just been crafted really well um yeah. and just combining those teenage struggles of life with the power struggles of almost like gang warfare it was yeah. i thought it was great yeah.
2: yeah i think the film was a bit style over substance but not in a bad way i thought it really tied into the narrative themes of the film because i think it really captures that sense of high school where it is your world and it is a microcosm of the smaller world like you said with like the gangs running the school and like different aspects that they all like control different parts of the school life. And I think it was a really, really interesting look at that in a way that wasn't realistic, but was realistic at the same time.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's so hard to describe that, isn't it? It's,
2: it's really odd because yeah. <laughs> the events aren't realistic at all, but you can see how they'd all relate to that high school experience because they do, th- that is their world. They can't, like, seller part of, she she can't see her future she can't envision her future so she's so focused on making sure her past matters and that's a big part of the film yeah. she wants to leave behind a legacy she wants to be remembered because she's not sure how she will be going forward
3: absolutely nail meathead or hammer yeah. whatever it is <laughs> yeah that's a very interesting point
0: um i'm sort of slightly with Ranjit on this one um, so I think the Rotten Tomatoes scores are interesting it gets a great 89% from the critics um, but it gets a 62% score from the audience and that's how this film felt for me if I was wearing my critical hat like I said I thought it was a really solid in fact a very good directorial debut I thought the, uh, the cinematography was striking I thought it was really well acted But it just felt a little bit slow for me and I struggled to engage with some of the characters and I found Sellers' character quite cold and I felt quite disconnected from her. Um, And it's the kind of film that I greatly respect in terms of it being a technical piece, but one that I didn't really enjoy, if that makes sense, and one that I probably wouldn't watch again. That's not me saying this is a bad film because this isn't a bad film it's actually a very well made technically sound film. It's just one that I felt a little bit cold and detached from and I, I what I was expecting is I was expecting like a hereditary moment or a um a once upon a time in Hollywood moment. I was expecting it to be a really slow burn and then I was expecting to have it have a very dramatic ending. And in some ways it did have a dramatic ending in terms of plot and what happened but for me, it felt a little bit flat. I thought they could have explored that a bit more. That ending.
1: Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think we we are on the same page, David. That's exactly how I felt. I was waiting for like the big moment, like the big hook, mm. um, and it doesn't. For me, uh, anyway, that doesn't happen. Um, but I, I, I really want to see more from this director, Tyrese Chappelle. Yeah. I think as a debut, this is amazing, um, and yeah, I can't wait to see more from her.
3: So out of everybody here then, um like I think me and Herbie then enjoyed it a lot and would actually really recommend other people to to watch it. Am I right with that one? Yeah, for sure. And then Ranji and David, would you recommend people to watch it like or or not?
1: I would say yes, because as a debut it's brilliant and I think it's worth watching um to see what Tyree Chapeau you know, what yeah. to, to see what she can do in the future. I um, hope she gets more work after this and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, I'd still recommend it. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd still recommend it.
0: Yeah, I'm singing off the exact same hymn sheet as uh, Ranjit. We're in
1: perfect harmony here. It's a gorgeous sound for our listeners. <laughs>
0: um, I, I I think it's, it's a really good directorial debut. And like Ranjit, I want to see more from this director. Um, and, yeah, it's not a film that I really enjoyed, but it's one that I respected.
1: Any Anybody got any else to add for Sailor and the
0: Spades?
3: No, all good
2: over here. Uh, yeah, just before we move on, I would like to say how refreshing it was to have a teen drama, which is what it yeah. was, not be so hyper like a lot of ones are, like Riverdale and stuff like that. It was so... I mean, I shouldn't really have to commend a film for not sexualizing minors. Yeah.
1: But it was really... <laughs> impre- it, it,
2: it was nice to see something that, f- that was grounded in reality because... Like we were saying, it's that weird mix between reality and completely unbelievable. And it was nice to see a film that focused on a, a young female lead and not treat her like some object. She was there. She was a very powerful in her element, despite the world around her sort of crumbling a little bit. And it was just quite refreshing to see and a nice change from the norm as it seems to have become.
1: I think it does a really good job of like just... Uh, making you forget that it's just like a young f- female um, sort of African American like just, you just sort of just go along with the story and you're just in this world straight away like you know, it doesn't, if you get what I mean it's not, yeah. I don't know how I'm trying to work. No, no, I get
3: exactly what you mean, you yeah, overlook do you, do you, the things yes. that have been <laughs> that have been in the forefront of people's minds for such a long time the fact that she's black the fact that she's this young teenager woman who is has has power you overlook all of that because it doesn't yeah. matter that's part of the story and you don't yeah. need to have a man in that role you don't need to have a white man in that role nothing like that and it's just perfectly cast and perfectly done um it's it's normal and that's exactly how it should be
1: yep well said Next up is an original Netflix movie called The Lovebirds. On the brink of breaking up, a couple gets unintentionally embroiled in a bizarre murder mystery. As they get closer to clearing their names and solving the case, they need to figure out how they and their relationship can survive the night. So, this uh, film stars Kumail Nanjiani and Isaiah Ray. Um it's directed by Michael Showalter, who directed The Big Sick. Um, and I was just saying to you guys, before we start recording, that I was really surprised to... See that it's the same director as The Big Sick because I love The Big Sick and I think it's really well made. Um, and for so- this film, just really did not work for me. Um, it's uh, like, it's just, it's, it's meant, it's trying to be one of those uh, crazy one night sort of films, um, you know, where the characters get sort of um, stuck in this crazy scenario, they have to solve it all in one night um, to get to their end goal. Um, you know, we've seen it done loads of times before, loads of good films, but this film just just doesn't land it. it there's there's loads of jokes that just don't land. Um, yeah, it's just like I think it's just quite quite a forgettable film as well. Um, there's nothing in it that sort of stands out to me. Um, I think. The best part of the film is Kamel Nanjiani and is, is Rae. They do have a good chemistry together. You do sort of buy that they are a couple that have been together for about four years, I think it was, in the film. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just sort of, you know, very obvious jokes, jokes that don't land. There's a few good ones here and there. Um, but yeah, for me, it was a disappointment. I was really looking forward to it. I really do like Kamil Nanjiani and I'm, I'm always waiting to see what he's got next. Um, but yeah, this was uh, a swing and a miss, in my opinion. What do you think, Herbie?
2: Well, I'm glad you said that because I was sitting through the film thinking, "Am I really missing something?" <laughs> but I, re- it just did not click with me at all. I got to, I messaged Ranjit last night and I said, "I'm about halfway through and I have not laughed <laughs> once. I didn't even realise it was meant to be a comedy until about halfway through, which is." <laughs> I, I just, it just really didn't click for me. It felt like they were trying too hard, and also not trying hard enough. And the bits where they weren't trying hard enough, I thought, were the bits that worked well, where they just let Kumon Nanjiani and Issa Rae bounce off each other. And they're they're both really good comedic talents and acting talents as well in that film. And it was really nice to watch them work off each other because they clearly knew what worked best. But none of the rest of the film just did anything for me, really.
3: No. And it was strange watching um, Camille, like, playing this person in love with this person. Because, actually, after watching The Big Sick, that's his real story. And it it feels a bit like a betrayal, almost, because that is his real wife in, in real life um, in The Big Sick, if, if you know what I mean. The story yeah. that he's telling there. Yeah. Yeah. And you felt that connection. And with this, I mean, they're great fun together. And it is great fun but it's like both of you guys i agree with you like i i didn't find it funny i it was just that's one step across the line of being too much um and and not enough of the groundedness that it needed to be it was just so over the top um uh, you know um cut and run drama where they're on the chase or they're they're on the run and being chased by the cops but actually are they mm, no, I mean it's it's just a bit too I don't know. Not 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 good. Just not
1: good. No, yeah, you're right. What about you David?
0: Oh, I'm I'm really disappointed to hear these bad reviews. I, <laughs> ge- I, I really am. I genuinely really enjoyed this film. Um so it gets a 67% from the critics and a 53% from the audience. Um it's written by Aaron Ab- Aaron Abrams and Brendan Gall. Um, and I went into this film completely blind. So I'd done no research. Uh, I hadn't looked up the Rotten Tomato scores. Thankfully, I hadn't seen a trailer because I have heard elsewhere that all the best bits, if you believe there are best bits, are in the trailer. Um, so I didn't go in with high expectations. But like immediately, I really liked the film. I loved the start where it showed them falling in love. And it did that really quickly and really well. Um and then we knew the fallout was coming, and then they went straight into that argument. And I found the characters believable, I found the characters relatable, um and and I genuinely did laugh and laugh out loud at some points in this film. I mean, look, the plot is a little bit mad um and a little bit unpredictable, but I sort of forgave that because I, I was I was really, really enjoying it. I thought the the pace of the film was very, very good. Um I thought it was well acted i mean it does get a little bit ludicrous plot wise um, yep. but for me it was like the perfect fun night in netflix and 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 relaxed kind of movie i mean you were the way definitely i would, gonna say
3: chill then weren't you yeah, i was <laughs> but
0: i I, I, did, I realized that i was watching it on my own so I, it wasn't exactly netflix <laughs> and chill um, <laughs> um and what i've got to describe this film is it's tosh but it's lovable tosh it's funny tosh it's enjoyable tosh and for an hour and a half or however long this film went on for all of my worries and all of my daily problems were gone and i was just absorbed with it and i genuinely laughed and i really enjoyed it and it's honestly the kind of film that i would watch again i found some of it really hilarious
3: Perhaps I wasn't in the right frame of mind, but I did actually have like a good, you know, amount of time to watch it and I was relaxed and I was watching it and I was really engaged in watching it, but nothing landed. Nothing really I mean the beginning bit was actually quite good and mm. um Camille Nun oh, I can never say names.
1: <laughs> Nungiani. There
3: we go. Thank you, Ranji. <laughs> um he he seemed really jacked up and <laughs> and he see, and I think that's because of the character that he's going to be playing in the next yeah, Marvel in, film, in the
1: uh, Eternals. Yeah. Yeah, Eternals, he's
3: all... yeah, he's jacked up for that.
1: He's buff now, isn't he? He
3: is, and um, he did look very different until the you know the certain amount of time has passed and it's gone into that next bit. There was that he did look very good looking. I guess it's not to say? <laughs> I suppose he was. You know, because he is very good looking. He, he is, but he he looked just. <laughs> Super good looking. The beard was chiseled, and the hair was stylized, and it was like wow okay this is cool <laughs> these two guys like i proper falling in love here and i did mm. like that bit like david had said but then the rest of the film just was a nosedive it was like walking off a cliff yeah. for me
0: oh i think that's i think that's harsh craig walking off a cliff i think you'll regret saying that oh no, i really I, I do not regret
3: saying that i wasn't
0: i
1: kind I, of agree Like i think the payoff is just it's just so anticlimactic. Like yeah. It's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth staying till the end. We all everything know what's gets, anyway. Yeah, I think everything just sort of gets wrapped up in a very convenient, conveniently like well placed bow, and it's just like, oh, okay, what was the point? <laughs> I mean, originally, this, I believe, I may be talking out
0: of my backside, but I believe this did have a cinematic release, and it was actually then purchased by, um, by Netflix. Yeah, um, I think you're right.
3: I, th- uh, I think you're right in some manner of that. I'm not sure if it did have a cinematic release. I think it was supposed to have one, but uh, never got round to having yeah, a cinematic I mean. release. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: how do you think this would have fared in the cinemas? Do you think this would have been something that that turned a profit? Do you think this would have would have done well in the cinemas?
3: No,
1: mm. no. I don't. I don't know because Stuber came out, didn't it? And yeah. that didn't do very well at all, did it? No. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Kimono Anjana is a big enough name yet to sort of bring in a big uh, bring in a bringing a big crowd.
3: No, not maybe not until after the Eternals will he yeah. be a big big name. I mean, he is a big name. I think in America with Saturday Night Live, I'm sure he's done plenty of that and is yeah. is a big comedian in that circle, um, and can draw in a decent audience maybe in America. But here, I'm not so sure he would have brought in the money for the box office here
0: yeah no i i tend to agree i don't think it would have been a huge success in the cinema but i just felt like this worked really well on netflix and i'm genuinely disappointed because i was hoping that we could all sort of come together have a bit of a laugh about this film talk about some of the funny moments and it sounds like the only person that laughed
3: was me (laughs) i mean what does that say though
0: well it says that we have different tastes in film <laughs> i mean i thought the i thought the performances were good but for me the the comedy was found in the script i found some of the script hilariously funny and very quick and witty and fast and but was I just...
3: that the script or was that the the acting and them their yeah. interpretation or were they were they interacting from reading the script or were they just Ad libbing some of the stuff, yeah, you know, it could have it felt been sort like, like they were they were trying to adapt their role to to fit the script as best as possible, and that's yeah, what it's... it felt like to me. Mm.
0: It did have a slightly unscripted feel. I know what you meant by that, but anyway no i am going to say I know it 's not the main show, but for me, this film was worth it. I thought it was a really enjoyable fun watch, I mean tosh, but lovable tosh, like i said
3: no i i I'm actually very much so in the other court um disagreeing with you and looking for something else to watch on Netflix
1: i'm in the same boat as craig and i'm going to say it's not worth it
2: (laughs) yeah it was quite harmless but there i thought there were far better things to watch of the genre so that was our review of the lovebirds which takes us into our final original film of the day which is come to daddy which is available on now tv A privileged man-child arrives at the beautiful and remote coastal cabin of his estranged father, who he hasn't seen in 30 years. He quickly discovers that not only is his dad a jerk, he also has a shady past that is rushing to catch up with him. Craig, do you want to give us a little bit of information about this film before we start?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, So this is directed by New Zealander. Ant Timpson and it's his directorial debut or his directorial feature debut and he provides us with a father and son reunion with a thriller-esque sort of dark comedy twisty turdy of a feature um, and it stars Elijah Wood who plays Norval Greenwood uh, and Norval receives this letter from his father who abandoned him um, 30 years ago and um, the movie changes a lot of direction on more than one occasion and it had me guessing sort of all along the way I really didn't know what was going to happen uh, and it was very clever and perhaps not quite as meaty as Tom, uh, Tom as Ant uh, had hoped for but it had a lot going for it. Um, the bizarre nature of how Norval even arrives at this um, uh, place and, and and the treatment of Norval by his estranged father, it really leads the audience down a, a rather humorous but it was quite a bit of a slow burner to build up with and but i did really enjoy that first half of the film um you know the the moment at the beginning with a father and son hug and it's perhaps the only apparent sincere moment for these two characters that we see on screen um and it just descends into this complete verbal torrent of uh, violent and verbal abuse i suppose um and 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 lots of that just transcends the entire first half of the film um and gordon um, Norval's father is evidently drunk for the most part and, and the two men never really connect instead of talking uh, or taking part in just a barrage of um, non-sincere moments, I suppose, but some sincere moments from Norval, perhaps. Um, but it's only to be mocked um, by um, his his father. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the, the, the things that did take some serious turns, though, didn't it? And it, there was some really quite physical pivotal dramatic horrible moments in this film that i did not realize was going to happen um but i I found it brilliant i was really pleasantly surprised massively ranch
1: yeah i agree i love this film <laughs> i'm so <laughs> glad you t- you recommended it to us to uh for us to watch um it's insane like you just don't know what's going to happen next there's a lot of uh, sort of black comedy and really 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 sort of gruesome gore moments um you you literally just don't know what's going to happen next and I, that's why I loved it so much I love these sort of films but it just takes a completely different turn it reminded me a lot of um did you guys ever see a film called The Guest with Dan Stevens mm. um i think it came out maybe 2014 okay um yeah it's just that sort of it has that sort of twist in there where it it, the film is sort of just flips genre completely um and uh yeah it's elijah wood is brilliant in this film um and for directorial debut is again another debut that is just brilliant And i can't wait to see what this director does next um yes it's it's so gory um it has a great script. I was texting Craig some of the the lines that I just found <laughs> hila- hilarious. It's uh, just a bit too... I don't know if I should say them now, but it's brilliant lines. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was one that
3: I said <laughs> to David earlier that I wanted to mention, and it was it revolved around an ear and some semen, and
1: yep. uh, I, I thought that was just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I just love the script. Like, It just makes you laugh in the most inappropriate moments, yeah. mm. um, which is why it's brilliant, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's... You know it's it's unsettling it's disturbing um it's gonna keep you on edge throughout throughout the whole t- uh, whole time you're gonna watch it, but I loved it, David, what did you think?
0: yeah, do you know what again I went into this film um pretty blind um and the first place I'll start is with my usual rotten tomato scores. It gets a very good eighty six percent from the critics and seventy five Percent from the audience, and the first thing that struck me was it had this really nice opening sequence um, with Elijah Woods' character, and then very very quickly it became very dark and very ominous. I mean, literally, the screen at times was almost pitch black, and it becomes more and more strange. And I remember actually, probably thirty minutes into this film, going, "Wow!" And I'm, I'm, I mean, I literally said, "Wow, this is good." Um, but for me it's a it's a tale of two halves the film is split almost into two two separate stories and halfway through the film didn't unravel as such It was on a really upward trajectory for me and then halfway through it started going down. I still really enjoyed the film, don't get me wrong, but I just felt like the second half wasn't as good as the first half, which is very, very strange actually because subsequently I've had a look at a few reviews and quite a few people disagree. Some people are of the opinion that the first half isn't as good as the second half, but what it does prove is that the film is really split into those two halves. Um, I thought the, the script was pretty tight. Uh, And the direction was pretty spot on. Um, I I actually really enjoyed Elijah Wood's performance. There was something very unique about it and very, he was almost very stoic, his character, um, until he, he makes a decision and his character arc completely changes. But he was very calm and the way he responded to his father was just very, very intriguing. And I, and I just found the whole film really quite enjoyable. But like I said, I much preferred the first half to the second half. Herbie, what did what did you make of this uh, bizarre but somewhat brilliant film?
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like you said, it's just so weird. And actually, I was on board with it from the first few minutes where he was just wandering through the wilderness mm. trying to find his house. And then he gets to the house and then he sees his dad and it's just – from then on, I really was on board of his film, and I like to be hooked within the first few minutes. I can get through a film without it, but I really do love it when a film can drag me on board really yeah. early on. And this film did. It was. Just, I like Elijah Wood anyway. I think he's a really charismatic, interesting actor, and he helped a lot. And his mustache helped a lot because yes. I wasn't expecting that <laughs> and either. And his weird haircut. <laughs> and his weird haircut, and it was just all so unusual and also weird. And when the f- plot starts moving along and taking those twists and turns i was just on board for the whole thing it was like a roller coaster because i didn't know where it was going to go what was going to happen and i loved it and actually they're completely different films but i thought this film was everything that the lovebirds wasn't in terms of trying to mix the attempted comedy for the lovebirds sorry sorry david (laughs) um with with like the darkness of the plot because the lovebirds was trying to be quite dark and edgy in a lot of places, but it didn't quite pull off because it was tied too much to the sort of rom-com origins. It, it clearly was, whereas this film was just going all out with the weird plot and the weird idea of this, this event that this man is thrown into and then has to deal with. And I thought it really committed to all of those aspects of its, of its plot.
3: Yeah, completely agree with you, Herbie. I mean, I just on a final note from myself, Elijah Wood with that moustache—he's just a moustache-wielding man child, and that's the only way I can describe him. Really, <laughs> brilliant, really brilliant stuff. Um, I would recommend this one highly to watch. Definitely. What about everyone else, Ranjit?
1: Yeah, I'd agree, and I just love the fact that this film started off with a William Shakespeare. Quote and then immediately a Beyonce quote. I mean, that,
3: exactly, <laughs> and that <laughs> shows you exactly what yeah. you're going to get from this film. <laughs> yeah.
2: it, it sums it up Shapes- nicely.
0: Yeah, that this film is William Shakespeare meets Beyonce. I think that perfectly sums <laughs> the film up. Like, like, <laughs> like, like the guys have said. It's currently available on Now TV. It's also on Sky Cinema. I've got Sky Cinema, and I watched it on Sky Cinema last night. I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, I actually preferred the suspense in the first half as opposed to the more gory action in the second half. But what it has throughout is some really dark humour, some hard-hitting moments. I could relate to a lot of Elijah Wood's journey, actually, in a a strange way. Um, And, yeah, I I, I would really recommend watching Come to Daddy. I thought it was a very well-made and well-executed film.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly recommend it as well. But i just warn you, it's it's not for the faint-hearted. There are there are some really gory bits in it and some quite unpleasant moments. So make sure you're aware aware of that before you go into it for sure.
1: Yeah, totally agree with the warning yeah. there.
3: Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Great. So that was our review of Come to Daddy. We're now taking a look at our very own recommendations across all of the streaming services. David, what have you got for us?
0: So the film that I would like to recommend, which is currently available on streaming services, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, You can find that on Now TV, or if you have Sky Cinema, it's currently on there. Um, It gets a brilliant 85% from the critics, 70% from... From the audience. It's set in 1969 Los Angeles, and boy do we know it. Quentin Tarantino creates a time machine with this film. Um, It is such a brilliant period piece, it's got superb acting. Brilliant direction. Um, I was disappointed to see it not do as well in the award season as I was hoping. Um, it's a real slow burner, but boy is it worth the wait. If you like Quentin Tarantino, then make sure you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is currently on Now TV and Sky Cinema.
1: Great. Um, I'd like to recommend the assistant. The assistant is available on BFI Player Movie, and you can rent it off Amazon Prime. Um, now this is where it gets interesting. The assistant has a ninety-one percent critic score on on Rotten Tomatoes, and a twenty-five percent audience score. Wow! Which, yeah, and I think if you watch the film, I think you'll realise why. Um, it is. It is. In my opinion, I think it. I think this film was brilliant. Um, it's about a um, an assistant who works for a powerful movie producer, um, and sort of the. It highlights the, um, the stuff that has been mentioned in the Me Too movement um, about sexual abuse and the abuse of power within the industry. Um, and yeah, I, I thought this film was really well made. Um, it's very slow. Um, not a lot happens, but I think that's the point because you literally watch a day of a day's worth of work with this assistant um, and all the menial jobs that she has to do throughout the day um, for this uh, producer who they never show. You just hear him off screen. Um, which I think tell, uh, sort of conveys a lot. Um, there's hardly any dialogue in the film, but Julia Garner stars as the assistant, and she's absolutely brilliant um, with conveying um, the, the horrible stuff she has to go through in this office. Um, and for that reason, because it's so slow, I think that's why it has such a low audience score. Uh, I think people are expecting something else. Um so yeah i would say if you're going to watch the assistant on b uh, BFI player movie or amazon prime be prepared to you know it is very slow uh, but it's well worth checking out craig what have you got for us
3: um, so I'm going to be bringing to you I, Tonya." Uh, this is available on Netflix and it sees uh, it, well it's set in 1991 and we see a talented figure state skater Tonya Harding become the first American woman to complete a triple axle during a competition. Now in 1994 her world comes crashing down when her ex-husband conspires to injure Nancy Kerrigan, a fellow Olympic hopeful in a poorly conceived attack that forces the young woman to withdraw draw from the national championship Um Harden's life legacy instantly becomes tarnished as she's forever associated with one of the most infamous scandals in sporting history with an utterly fantastic cast in margot robbie sebastian stan alison janey amongst a few um this is well worth a watch and as i said it's available on netflix it's brilliant herbie what have you got for us
2: Uh, So I would like to recommend Shutter Island, which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. I'll give a very brief synopsis because any more, I think, would be giving the game away. And it's set in 1954, where a US Marshal, portrayed by Leonardo DiCaprio, investigates the disappearance of a murderer who has escaped from a hospital for the criminally insane And it's got an absolute powerhouse of a cast. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio in a starring role, supported by Mark Ruffalo. Ben Kingsley and Max von Sydow are in it, and so is Michelle Williams in one of her earlier roles. Obviously, she's been in a lot lately. And this film came out in 2010, so it was a few years ago, and um, one of her earlier films, I believe, and she's great in it. The whole cast is fantastic in it. And... I really can't say too much more without getting away- giving the game away, but it's a fantastic mystery, in my opinion. I loved watching it unfold. It's a gorgeous-looking film, and it uses sound brilliantly, both in the film and in the soundtrack. And it's certainly a film that benefits from being watched twice, is to give twice, you a little bit more three mystery. times, four times, five as times. As many times as you like, but yeah. you certainly need to watch it twice, in my opinion, to really get the full <laughs> yeah. effect
1: yeah definitely so now we're going to be taking a look at the new available releases that are out for digital download or dvd slash blu-ray craig what would you like to recommend
3: um actually i think david and i would like to recommend this one
0: yeah go ahead craig it was it was interesting we made these selections because we both picked the same film and i think that speaks volumes for the film we've picked so craig if you want to say your bit
3: Well, my bit is just the fact that it is Parasite and this is available on the 1st of June, uh, which is going to be Monday. Uh, We're recording this a bit earlier than that, but we thought let's spit this one out now. It'll be available on DVD, Blu-ray and digital download. Um, And wow, what a film this is. David, you can say the rest because I know how enthusiastic you are about this film.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, let's just talk numbers. Critically, it gets 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. It gets 90%... From the audience. It won four Oscars at the Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director for Bong Joon Ho. It's well paced, it's tense, it's funny, it's disturbing. It is a simply must watch film. Um, I really didn't expect to like this film. I thought I would struggle with the fact that it was in a foreign language. Um, I. I I really didn't expect to enjoy it, but not only did I enjoy it, it was one of my favourite films of last year. Um, It's totally worth buying this as soon as it comes out. Get it on digital download, buy it on DVD, watch Parasite. It really is a fantastic film. So that is Parasite. Ranjit, what do you have for us?
1: So, my choice for um, DVD and Blu ray recommendations is Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which came out on the 18th of May. Um, this film is the 15th and final film in the DC animated. Uh, Movie universe. Um, So wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah, it's the DCAMU. So these are the films that are a bit more for the sort of more the hardcore DC fan. I don't think the sort casual fan. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if they will enjoy it as much. Um, You really have to sort of look hard for these films. Um, They DC have been making animated films since like the early two thousands, but in two thousand thirteen, they sort of rebooted the film franchise in line with the comics that came out at the time um so it just so since 2013 the films have been following a sort of cohesive narrative throughout like the uh, the marvel films have done in live action um and yeah so they released this film on the 18th of May which was the final film in that series uh, which wrapped up a lot of storylines and stuff in uh, my opinion this was a brilliant ending to the um to the DCAMU <laughs> um and I think DC have been killing it with animated films. The animated films are way better than their live action films right now. Um, well, speaking which is,
3: of which though. Yeah.
1: Go, uh, on, go on, I know you want to talk about <laughs> it. Speaking of which, um, we've just heard that Zack Snyder is officially releasing the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, oh Consent so no. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Consensual excitement, Herbie. So yeah, so in 2021, um, in HBO Max, we'll be getting the... Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League which we all know what happened with the film when it came out in 2017. There was all sorts of stuff going on behind the scenes and Joss Whedon had to step in and pretty much the whole film was reshot and it became one of the most expensive films ever made and one of the most expensive flops ever made. So let's see if Zack Snyder's original version is any better in in a year's time. Um, I think, Where do you think
3: it will be in the UK though?
1: So if it's on HBO Max in America I reckon over here we'll get it on uh, Sky Atlantic. Um, so you'll be able to watch it on things like Now TV or obviously Sky Atlantic. Um, so, yeah, it be interesting. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be just a one-off film or sort of like a six-part series, which is what's been rumoured. Um, we don't know who's coming back. Or... Zack Snyder's been tweeting a lot of concept art and a lot of uh, screenshots and stuff that weren't in the final, well, weren't in the theatrical cut that we mm-hmm. got to uh, about three years ago. So yeah, let's wait next year and see how that turns out. But yeah, yeah, my recommendation was Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Herbie, what have you got?
2: So my recommendation, which came out on Blu-ray, digital and DVD just a few days ago on the 25th of May, is Little Women, which I think is an absolute triumph of a film. I watched it in a cinema and absolutely loved it. And then I watched it in a cinema again and I absolutely loved it. And when I was out shopping, I saw the Blu-ray and I had to have it. So I could watch it as soon as I got home, which I did. It's just that sort of film. <laughs> it's it's honestly such a delight to watch. It was one of my favourite films of last year, probably second only to Book Smart, and I loved Book Smart as well. It was really high up in my estimations. I love the direction, I love the cast, they work so well together. Honestly, in absolutely every way, this film is fantastic, and you will not regret watching it. So that brings us to the end of our show thank you very much for listening to episode 6 of Cinema at Home this will be the last show following this format, going forward we will be releasing Cinema at Home episodes that are focused on individual streaming services
1: as always we'd like you to get in contact with us and the best ways of doing this are via Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or drop us an email at mymailisworthit@isitworthitpodcast.com. at we'd love to hear your feedback on the new format of the show
3: And if you've enjoyed today's show, why not leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts? Or if you've enjoyed the content we've been putting out and want to help us continue to grow, join us on Patreon. Lockdown has slowed down some of the progress we're making, but thanks to our Patreon supporters, we've been able to keep on going. So thank you so much, guys.
0: And if you haven't already done so, please check out our four part series for Mental Health Awareness Week, as well as all of our episodes of Topical Talk
2: stay safe and goodbye
1: goodbye everyone thanks for listening
2: that's a
1: goodbye from me
0: and a very goodbye from me darlings